Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the 1871 podcast. And there's a bit of a change to our schedule for tonight's episode, as we're joined by Royals fan Matthew Batten to look back at Reading's two Easter games. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll still do that. Don't worry. Um and assess what the Royals need from their remaining five games to have a chance of staying up, I think you could say now. Um, But on this episode, we're also announcing our 1871 podcast quiz champion. Will it be our co-host, Johnny Hunt? No. Well, you don't have to wait long before we crown our champion. And then just to give you a heads up about um, two episodes coming up of the 1871 podcast, our next episode is on Wednesday evening when we'd be looking back at the Mark McGee era at Reading in the eight, in the 90s, get it right eventually, um, the team that got promoted, finished second in um, what is now the Championship, uh, just missed out on going up to the Premier League. So we'll be talking about that on Wednesday evening. And then on Friday's episode, we'll be looking ahead to the Burnley game, Um seeing what we think. If there's any chance of running to get anything out of that game, not quite sure about that. But uh, Johnny and I will also be completing our countdown of our top 25 favourite Reading players. So something hopefully that will lighten the mood a little bit, Johnny. Um, So that's all coming up for you this week on the 1871 podcast. But let's kick off tonight's episode now. And before we talk about Reading's two Easter games... And Johnny's suggestion for making it the shortest 1871 podcast <laughs> episode ever. Um, let's start by finding out who our 1871 podcast quiz champion is. So we had two quizzes, um, a maximum of 50 points available per quiz. So we've got a winner for quiz one. We've got a winner for quiz two. And we've combined the scores from the two quizzes to see who has the highest overall score and they will be crowned as our 1871 podcast quiz champion. And Johnny had a go at this. He was a, at a bit of a disadvantage because he did it live. He was the first one to do it. So, you know, he's under 
under pressure, under the spotlight, but he did very well. So I'll be, be coming to that in a second. So listen, our, our scores from the first quiz were as follows. In third place was Alex Blissett and family with 32 points out of a maximum of 50. So good effort to them for them. Um, in second place was 1871 podcast co-host Johnny Hunt with an impressive 38 out of 50. Oh. Is that right? 38. Yeah, I think that was right, wasn't it? And the winner of quiz one was Chris Bennett with 39 and a half out of 50. And the only reason he didn't get 40 was he was very honest. Um, he said he only got the surname of one of the players, not the first name. So that's why he actually deducted himself half a point. So um, fair play to, to Chris. He was a winner of quiz number one. So what we said for quiz two is that we would accept surnames only. We would accept pronunciations um, as long as, you know, even if they didn't sound like they were correct player, um, as long as they were obviously referring to the correct player. And if you spelt names wrong, that was okay. So we were going to accept just surnames for quiz two. So the results for quiz two were as follows. In third place was our quiz one winner, Chris Bennett, with 38 points out of 50. You can see Johnny trying to work this out now. Already lost. (laughs) Johnny Hunt was second with 39 out of 50. And our winners of quiz two were the Blissett family, a team effort, Alfie's dad, Alex, and Alfie's granddad, Paul, with a very impressive 44 out of 50, which is amazing. So... Massive congratulations to the Blissett family. You are the winners of our second 1871 podcast quiz. So a small round of applause to them. And now it's time to announce our 1871 podcast quiz champion. I don't know if Johnny's worked it out yet, but it was very, very close. Um, and it was the, th- the same three contenders. So we had, uh, we had obviously more than, more than three entries to this, but um, it was the same top three again. So in third place um, uh, for quiz two was um, oh no we yeah we just sorry I'm going to announce now the overall champion so divide um, combine I'm going to I'm messing we get up. where you're going Mel. I'll get on with it <laughs> I'll get on with it so it's very close so yes so congratulations <laughs> to the the Blissett family for winning quiz two so here's the overall champions. So in third place were the Blissett family, who got a combined score of 76 out of 100. So well done to them. That's an impressive score, 76%. In second place, Johnny, I don't know if you worked this out. Johnny Hunt with 77 out of 100. And can you believe this? Our 1871 podcast quiz champion is Chris Bennett with 77 and a half out of 100. So (laughs) congratulations to Chris Bennett who picked Johnny by half a point to take the crown of 1871 podcast quiz champion. So well done. Massive, massive round of applause to Chris Bennett. Well done, Chris. Um, so basically, Johnny, you were second in quiz one, second in quiz two, second place overall. Uh, so very good effort, some some good scores there, but um, Chris Bennett just did you. What, what do you think about finishing second and missing out on the title by half a point, Johnny? I feel like I've just lived my whole life in the Preston game and letting, letting the luck go in the 93rd minute and lost the competition. That's how I feel. 
Yeah. I may, I may, may be crying at some stage. This, this podcast. <laughs> no, it's good fun. It's good fun, mate. It's really enjoyable. Very good effort. At, at least we know that you know some stuff about Reading, so that's good. That's so, quite handy, isn't it, when you're doing a podcast about just, just <laughs> Justifies, yeah. If, if, you'd have, if you've got, like, your original prediction of 10 out of 50 on the first one, then we might have questioned that. But, no, very well played, Jolly, and... Um, Big congratulations to Chris Bennett. Yeah, so, um, yeah, fair play. That was that was a fantastic score. But also the second quiz, forty-four out of fifty for the Blissett family. Well done to them as well. Yeah. So, look, as we've passed a hundred episodes now, we've decided to announce our eighteen seventy-one podcast super fan. So, in theory, we could have included Dylan Kerr. I think he falls within that category. We certainly could in- include Johnny Hunt in that because uh you you fall within that category johnny i think but as they're both co-hosts we're not including them so you've just missed out on that one as well johnny sorry about that you're really cheering me up this evening mark thanks mate (laughs) so listen we do have a number of fans who keep in touch with us and tell us that they enjoy the podcast we get quite a lot of feedback quite a lot of comments mostly positive you get the odd um negative comment but um thank you to everyone who's got in touch and given us uh, their their comments and their good wishes and so on. So thank you for that. But as for who is our 1871 podcast superfan, it was a fairly easy choice, actually. Our 1871 podcast superfan is Alex Blissett. So congratulations, Alex. Uh, keeps in touch with, with all of us on a regular basis, including Dylan, including John, uh, Johnny and me. Um, so uh want to say congratulations to Alex. He was the, um, him and his family, the winner of quiz two. Third place in our 1871 podcast quiz champion of champions, but he completed the set uh, and he came first as our undisputed 1871 podcast super fan. So congratulations to Alex and, and keep up the, the good work, Alex. Keep, keep in touch with us. Um, he always asked me for score predictions. I've stopped giving them because... I keep being kind of optimistic about um, Reading's sort of hopes of getting a point or a win. So I just don't bother anymore. Uh, So look, before we have a chat about Reading's two games over Easter, just a quick update on Dylan Kerr's Marumo Gallants. Um, He hasn't been with us much lately. He's got a very busy time of the season. Um, He's trying to keep Marumo Gallants in the South African Premier Division. Um, and he's still unbeaten since taking over as head coach in January when Gallants were bottom of the league um, in South Africa. And Gallants had a one-all draw against Kaiser Chiefs on Saturday to take them off the bottom of the table. And if they win their game against Chipper United on Wednesday, they will be out of the relegation zone. So works a bit differently in the South African Premier Division where the bottom team automatically goes down. Second from bottom takes part in a... Um, playoff against the one of the teams in the league below to see who's going to be in the, the Premier Division. Um, so if they do win their game against Chipper United on Wednesday, Marumo Gallants, Dylan's team, will be out of the relegation zone. And I have to say, having drawn against Kaiser's Chiefs, if they do win on Wednesday, I predict a riot. Uh, sorry about that. Couldn't resist. So... <laughs> Um, talking of former Reading players, former Reading captain Phil Parkinson, just a word for him. Uh, his Wrexham side won today's top of the table clash with Knox County 3-2 in the National League. I think they came from a goal behind. Um, 
won that game 3-2 in the National League to take over at the top of the table. Um, so Wrexham are, are top. They've now got 103 points. Um, they're three points ahead of Notts County with a game in hand and only one team goes up automatically. So we wish Phil um, all the best for the rest of the season and uh, hope you can stay in that position, Phil. So good luck with that. So look, we've been denying, uh, delaying the inevitable. Um, now it's time to talk about Reading. And uh, I've made a few mistakes, but that's kind of in keeping with what Reading have been doing lately. So uh, apologies for that. I'll, I'll try and get my words right from now on. Uh, and we're joined by Matthew Batten as well, who is not only a Reading fan, but um, Johnny and Matthew are both members of STAR, which, if you don't know, stands for Supporters Trust at Reading. So um, finally, hello, Matthew, and welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Uh, thanks for having me on, mate. Um... That's okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Tough one to uh, to join us as a guest, really. But look, first of all, Matthew, just by way of an introduction, um, you know, all, all the good stuff. Where, where did you where did you grow up? Um, how long have you been a Reading fan for and all, all of that stuff? Yeah, of course. Um, so I grew up in Tylerst, um, Reading born and raised. Um, grew up uh, sort of down near the Potteries. Um, first started going to... See Reading, God, it would have been the really early 90s, so 91, 92, maybe. Um, I basically started going. My, um, I grew up with my grandparents who are not really interested in football at all, but one of my dad's mates was, so he used to bring me along. Um, and yeah, kind of first real memories go from 90, yeah, 93, 94, that sort of era, then obviously through to the playoff final. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's been a long old journey. Um, obviously, have had the fortune or misfortune of seeing us in League One. Um, desperately hoping that I don't see us back there. Um, in terms of um, your kind of favourite players, favourite seasons, all that sort of thing, Matthew, what what does it for you as a Reading fan? <clears throat> yeah, so Reading players, I mean, it it's always come down to both a combination of obviously doing it on the pitch, but personalities play a big part in those who you kind of resonate with uh growing up for me um Shaka it was always Shaka um I used to uh playing goal or at left back um so Darius Dovchak as well um <clears throat> those two are kind of who I wanted to be and then as we went through I mean you've got the likes of um you know Brynja Gunnarsson absolutely love him and did a solid job every time Joby you just got to love McEnough, haven't you? And again, Alfie, I mean, LaFondra. Um, just so many that have had some real personality to them, as well as being decent players. And that's what's, yeah, that's what's always kind of been those that you resonate with. Yeah, well, Johnny and I are doing our um, countdown of our favourite Reading players. And, and those uh, players you've mentioned have got a mention on our countdown as well, Matthew. So good that we're all on the on the same <laughs> page. But of course, everyone's got their favourites. Um, and And... Favourite season, Matthew, for you? Um, Favourite season? Um, I, mean, I think probably the Brian McDermott one we got promoted. Um, maybe a little bit more over the 2005-06, um, just because I was more able to be involved at that time. Um, obviously, being there at the uh, game against Forest, where we actually went up, um, having, you know, being in the crowd for that, uh, the Ledgewood goal, when everyone's just chanting one goal, we just need one goal. Um Almost the 94, 95. That's probably my worst season at the end of it all, given not knowing what happens next. Um, yeah, um, definitely 
has to be one of those two, really. Yeah. And, and I can see you've got the Andy Bernal book behind you. And I do. Yep. What looks like, is that, um, that's not a picture of Elm Park, is it behind you? I don't Elm know. Park Floodlight. Yeah. Park Floodlight. Okay. Did you get any memorabilia when, uh, when Reading went to the new ground? Uh, no. I didn't okay. get anything. What about me. you, Johnny? Did you get a piece of memorabilia for that? No, no. I was. Yeah. I went into Players Bar down underneath the stand for for the yeah. Norwich game. Had a few beers there. Uh, yeah. That's about it. An empty couple yeah. of cans. But uh, yeah, I think there are plenty of um, plenty of Reading fans who've got bits and pieces of memorabilia. I think in in our family we've got the the sign from the press box. <laughs> uh, myself, my, my dad, and my brother all. Uh, journalists so uh, that that means something to us but um what we're going to do also is um talk about Reading's history we're going to do an episode it's coming up to the 40th anniversary of um the proposed merger with Oxford United and and how that was stopped so um that's coming up very soon that's going to be one of our episodes as well as talking about that um, <coughs> that team uh, under Mark McGee as well um in the 90s so that's all coming up on the podcast. Johnny and I are also going to um, continue our countdown of our favourite Reading players, our favourite seasons, favourite games, uh, managers and influential people in Reading's history as well. So so that's all that coming up. Um, and now finally, it's time to talk about Reading's games at Easter. And, and it's not uh, not such a a happy Easter for, for Reading fans. But look, at least on Friday, um, we got a draw, another one-all draw, um, three games unbeaten. And then, of course, the 2-1 defeat, the late goal at Preston today. Uh, and that's three points from Reading's last eight games. So um, before I speak to Matthew and Johnny about the two games, um, just going to recap on today's results affecting the sides at the bottom of the championship as follows. So Huddersfield were 2-0 up against Blackburn, uh, but Blackburn came back to get a 2 all draw. Cardiff lost 1-0 at home to Sunderland. Luton beat Blackpool 3-1. Norwich uh, and Rotherham was 0-0. Obviously, Preston and Reading, uh, 2-1 to Preston with the late goal. Um, West Brom and QPR was 2 all, and Wigan lost uh, 2-0 at home to Swansea. And here's how the, the bottom of the table looks after today's games. So you've got Rotherham on 45, Huddersfield on 43 points after that draw. Uh, QPR also 43, Cardiff 42, um, Reading 41, Blackpool 35 and Wigan 34. Um, does that all sound about right, Johnny? Yep. Yeah. Sounds good to okay. me. So um, just a quick question to kick off with to both of you. Um, are, do we think that probably Blackpool and Wigan are going down is, is, and then it's between, you know, four or five of, of the other sides above them? Is that what you think, Matthew? Yeah, I do. Um, although I have to admit, seeing um, Blackpool going a goal up at, early on against Wigan before they turned it round, I started to think, hmm... Maybe that's not so true after all. Um, I would I would say, given how few games are left in the season, it's looking pretty tough for them, and their form has not been great. So Wigan, probably fair to say they're gone. Blackpool, yeah, I I think they're probably gone. Um, whether we end up adrift with them or not is the question. Yeah, Johnny, do you agree with that? Blackpool and Wigan are down. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, the gaps there, you know, and they're, they're not, they're not, you know, they're not on a, a, a run. Of, you know, Huddersfield would have had that. You know, they're struggling. Um, yeah. You know, and the tough, tough running as well. So, yeah, it's it's a it's it's park those two, and then one from four. Yeah, or or five maybe. Because yeah. Rotherham have got forty-five, but then uh, Huddersfield, QPR, Cardiff, and Reading are separated by two points. Yeah. So, yeah, it could could still be Rotherham included in that, but yeah. probably the favourites. And you look at QPR's form. Okay, they got a draw today, but I think before that they'd lost four games in a row. So they've had similar form to to Reading. Obviously, Reading three points in eight games now. So. Um, I, I just want to come to you first, Johnny, about the two Easter games for Reading. Let, let's start with Friday's game against Birmingham. Obviously, another draw, another one-all draw, three in a row. What did you make of of that game on Friday? I like, as I said before, Mark, it's, it's about you know going with the mindset of winning games. Um, you know, and it's like he's happy with a point at home. You know, it's like we don't. We need a different approach. We need a different way. I know. Um, you know, you get a goal up, great. Sit back, concede, huff and puff. Players look like they've never played with each other in a team, and and you know you get a point, and it's it's deflating. It's not um, uh, you know what the team needs. You know what the fans need. You needed a performance where you watch. You know. Talks about you know Warnock and Huddersfield, even you know the two all draw today. They go for it. They play. You know it's it, it's there's an energy there, and, and we don't have that. That's 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 how it seems to me at the minute. Yeah, and, and look at those uh, results that Huddersfield have got. I think you know they were two new up today, and that would have been something like three or four wins in a row, something like that. Um, you know, and they're probably Rotherham are kind of. They're four points above the relegation zone now. Huddersfield are two points above, but look at their form. They're going really well. I think it is um, the last five games, I think, for Huddersfield, it's three wins and two draws. You compare that to Reading, uh, last eight games, you know, five defeats and three draws, I think it is, isn't it? So, you know, it could it could be between QPR, Cardiff and, and Reading for one relegation spot. So, Matthew, come to you now before we... Talk about today's game. What did you make of the the draw against Birmingham? Um, <laughs> yeah, it was um, just typical for us to go a goal up and then just feel like we're hanging on by the skin of our teeth. I mean, looked like we tried to do something different. We set up with a formation of four at the back. On paper, actually, was more of an attacking. Um, Inter already said we need to be more attacking. We had a couple of moments, but generally. Um, I mean, I can't agree with Vince where he was saying that um, we should have won that. It, it was going to be Birmingham if anyone. Uh, it was uh, difficult. Yeah, just difficult to watch. And I mean, that was a great header for the equaliser, but still just really tough to take. Although admittedly, um, it was only four days ago, but still shell-shocked from just now. And that feels like yeah. a lifetime at this stage. Well, coming on to that, and I'll, I'll stay with you then, Matthew. Um, today's game, obviously... Reading did get an equaliser and then Lumley made a, a great save, didn't he? But Preston sort of got the got it over the line with with the goal right at the end. And then Reading just didn't have any time to come back and they kind of didn't look like they were going to 
anyway, albeit they did get the equaliser. I mean, do you sort of look at that game and think Reading needed at least a point from that? Um, and now it's looking really, really tough for Reading to stay up? Um, yeah, I'm starting to get more resigned to the fact of this might actually happen than I was beforehand. Um, I mean, looking at the game, we needed to set ourselves up to be in a way that we were going to go for it if we're going to get anything. Um, it was was a more defensive lineup than we used against Birmingham, understandable being away. Um, odd call having Scott Dan starting. Um, still trying to get my head around that one. Um, he wasn't our worst player by any stretch of imagination. Um, yeah, it's um, definitely felt like we needed to get something out of it to have a solid shot. Um, QPR getting a draw uh, makes it a lot tougher for us. The the toughest thing is you just get all of these false bits of hope. Um, and again, we had it. We were absolutely dire for the vast majority of that game. It was awful. I mean, we had eight men defending for the bulk of it. Um, we managed to get ourselves back into it. Substitutions for once, probably a bit later than it should have been, but we're, prom- we're promising. Um, Aziz has looked good, probably been underused this season. Kelvin had a couple of decent moments. Uh, changing shape to get Carroll off meant that we actually did a bit more on the ground. Um, it felt like we could have potentially hung on, although by that stage, the game should have been gone. Honestly, the best thing I'm taking from that is we've not destroyed our goal difference. Yeah, Johnny, come to you now. Um, and and I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this and, and I'm sure this will be slightly entertaining. Um, tell us the name of the goal scorer for Reading, please. Kelvin E. How, how do you say his surname? Again? It's Kelvin E. That's I, I yeah. That's what it comes up Kelvin. on my, my feet. Yeah, Kelvin. Yeah, another Kelvin. Kelvitarn. Yeah, that's. I know that's, you've been dying for me. I was going when he scored today. I was like, he's going to ask me, isn't he? He's going to ask me. <laughs> yeah, I have. So look, I'll I'll ask you about the game. I mean, if there were if there was anything positive, we did score a late equaliser. You know, substitutes came on and made a little bit of a difference. Uh, but then, you know, Lumley made a really good save. I think Nesta Guinness-Walker played quite well in certain sort of spells during the game. But that's kind of clutching at straws, really. I think, like Matthew said, it was it's all a bit dire, really, isn't it? You know, today yeah. and, and for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, the goal itself sums it up. You know, Fauna, missed kicks a needless clearance for a corner. Like it was no under no pressure, but I think that shows the mentality or the mindset of the players. They're scared. They're under pressure constantly. And that's not coming from, from anyone else but the manager. You know, that the way that they're playing. Times today, and I'm sure Matthew yourself would agree, like they couldn't pass the ball between two players. Um, you know, it, you know, you looked at Preston and they, you know, they're passing the ball quick, the movement's good. And we were like, we we're playing the, you know, it was like a non-league team playing a cup team, yeah, playing a big team in the cup. And then all of a sudden Hendrick had that shot, the first shot, we got the corner and scored from it, you know, it, it out of the blue. And then you're going, all right, we've got a bit of luck, you know, because you need luck to stay up in this league, as we all know. And then, well, you know, I'd say it's good work, but the luck we got, we then just, undo by, you know, poor defending again. It, it, you know, we go round in circles, it's poor defending, it's, it, you know, the leadership on the pitch, you've got players that are leaders like Scott Dan, um, Carroll, you know, Hendrick, they're all experienced players, 
but none of them seem to really lead that team when we're under pressure. You know, yeah, I, I think Johnny, um, you'd have to say Preston deserved to win that, wouldn't you? Yeah, they did. But when you get back to one all out of the blue, you go right. Well, we deserve we take a point here, and you make sure you get the point. But we don't. And now that you know, the confidence of those players now again going into next week is taking another hit. Ince will probably come out and blame the weather, the whatever, whatever, whatever. Blame the players, hang them out to dry, destroy whatever confidence they got left and still has a job for the next game. You know, and it's kind of, we're, we're running out of chances, basically. And, and just just looking at what Neil Warnock's done at Huddersfield, because they, they've he's transformed them. It's the same same group of players and they go and beat Middlesbrough 4-2. They're 2-0 up today um, against Blackburn. Um, and OK, they get a point, but, you know, they've they've been in fantastic form since he came in three wins and two draws in the last five games. Um, Matthew, what, what do you think the problem is with Reading at the moment? And, and what, if anything, could be done to change it? Um, I mean, it's, it's tough. Um, I, I think it's probably more mental than physical. Um, we don't have a brilliant bunch of players. Um, I, I keep finding myself looking at the squad and going, on paper, where should this squad sit? And it's a lower mid-table team. It's a team that could flirt with relegation. Um, but the way in which the coaching is going on, the way in which we're setting ourselves up, the mental side of it, everything is seemingly just gone. We've got no confidence, got no desire. Um, I mean, the only way really to salvage it is to hope that you can get some short-term boost. You need somebody who can come in and go, you need to put yourselves out there. You're playing for contracts. You're playing for the livelihoods of people who are employed at this club. I mean, if we go down into League One, it's it's going to be no kind of easy way back for us. But also people will lose their jobs. But this is a massive, massive thing. Um, and then you've got, you've got us basically just aimlessly hoofing up to Carroll. I, I just genuinely think we've missed the boat on there must be managerial change. And I know that, you know, we started off the season well. Um, we've potentially, without the deduction, done enough. But we're at a stage now where genuinely we are at risk. And the only way that I can see that is... I mean, no hunt. If we need to go for an option in-house where we're saving costs, then could we give him the shot for the next, what is it, left five games or something? I know Cardiff have got one more than us, which is against Rotherham. Yeah, we've got, what, five games left to salvage our future. Yeah, We've got some really tough ones on the horizon. I mean, Burnley, with any luck, they're now on on holiday, pretty much. Uh, we'll, we'll know that, depending on uh, what happens against the Sheffield game today. Uh, Luton, who, yeah, they went 1-0 down, but have come back, have been in good form. Coventry, around playoffs. And then Wigan and Huddersfield. Where are our next points coming from? Yeah, and, and you mentioned it there, and I know what Johnny thinks about this. Johnny thinks that, that we need a, a, a change, and he's mentioned, you know, what he sees as Paul Lintz's negativity, and, and it can't be having a good good impact on, on the players and it does seem very down and, and flat and you look at, I mentioned Neil Warnock but you only got to look at the results 
you don't even have to know anything about what Neil Warnock's doing. You just look at the results before he took over and the results he took after to know that he's doing a good job there, whatever he's doing. And I think, you know, I heard him say after one of the games that he's just come in and um, given the players some confidence and doesn't it just all seems very flat from Reading so is that your is that your strong view Matthew that Reading need to make a change now as a, we, a we, have to, we have to do something um as it as it looks we're just there's a malaise around the club and we're just drifting um there there has to be something to do differently I mean we we started off with a really good home record I'm looking at us now and going that's gone. Actually, what was making us look good on paper, the home record was what was doing it for us. That's gone. Uh, we were set up on a strong defence. I think is it 19 games in a row now we've conceded or something. It's a crazy stat. Um, we're basically inept at the back, inept going forward, and we have a midfield that looked like they've just met each other in a pub last night for the first time. <laughs> All playing with hangovers. I mean, you've got players from the midfield pressing, um, just at random, completely falling into traps. They're not really providing that strong of a defensive foil. Um, there's no creativity going forward. You've got Cassidy, who can do a little bit of some things. You've got Fauna, actually, should probably be playing more. And again, we're sticking him out on the wing. Um, we need someone to look at it with fresh eyes and go, we've got some square pegs going into round holes here. We've got a tactical setup that seems extremely defensive. And frankly, we've got players who now look like they're just not got any confidence about them. So the only way I can see that changing, I mean, we can't change all the players at this stage. I'm genuinely like, there's very few here who deserve to actually be starting. I mean, based on the performance today, Lumley, Guinness Walker, um, Kelvin Aziz Fauna. Fauna, I know, kind of foolishly gave it away for the uh, bit at the end, but he offered something different. We need someone to look at the team and go, what do we have? Where are the answers within that? Actually, from the academy. I know Ince is kind of really focused on um, <clears throat> on using established players. But we're not getting anywhere with it. And actually, maybe a bit of that youthful exuberance is what we need. I know Kamara's a bit lightweight. He's got something about him. Scott's disappeared. There are options. And and I, I think, you know, I think what we've what we've been seeing in recent games is some lethargy from at least some of the players. And, and I think that comes from, that's a mental thing. That's not just a physical thing. Because if you've got that, you know, keep referring back to Neil Warnock and Huddersfield, but just look at what they've done, beating Huddersfield, Huddersfield beating Middlesbrough 4-2. You know, that comes from giving the players belief. And yes, we've got players out injured, but you can't make an excuse for that. You've just then got to focus on, um, you know, we've now got five games left. Um, just as the old saying goes, take each game at a time. We've kind of got nothing to lose really against Burnley because probably a lot of the Reading fans are expecting us to lose anyway. So let's kind of go into that game and, and say, well, look, nobody's expecting us to win this. Let's let's go and prove that we can do something. Johnny, I'll, I'll come back to you now. Um, what do you think? Um, Reading can do you know is there anything that Reading can do to, to change apart from the mentality of the players is there anything else yeah, you know you could use you know 
the Burnley game as a great motivation for the club to go, let's make sure they don't break our record. As a, as a people, person, manager, whatever, lads, let's go out there and make sure we do something for the club, the history of the club. If we put in a performance, win or draw, we do something different. But <clears throat> I don't think but that's going does, to... does Paul Ince care about the record? Probably not. Paul Ince only cares about himself. First, I, I, don't, I don't get the... You know, the, he doesn't, you know, the love of the club. And yeah, he's done what he's done in the last two seasons. But, you know, as I said before, we're sleepwalking into relegation. It's like when under, you know, when Terry, Terry Boulevard was there years ago, for people remember that, that end of that season is very similar to this one. You know, we're just falling down. We brought Burns in at that stage and it was too late. It's probably too late now, but Noel Hunt trusts the young players. I said this before, you know, Kelvin came on today, scored a goal. What you know, we're not doing great without the youngsters. We can do something different with them. They're on you know, players aren't used to playing against Kelvin as they are against Andy Carroll. We know what Andy Carroll's going to do, we know what Lucas Jow's going to do. You stick a young lad on there, he's he's going to go right. I want to do something different. He'll, he'll, some, you know, some of the Reading fans won't know what he's going to do either, yeah, exactly. And we've got, we've got a goal back out of, out of nothing, and you're kind of yeah. going right. So, why not? What we're doing now isn't working. So, next game. In my head, Noel Hunt comes in with his positive mindset, puts a couple of youngsters in there, puts Carroll on the bench with 20 minutes to go. You bring them on if you need to. Why not? Why? What, what are we waiting for? Like, we're just sitting here every game going, it's not working, it's not working. Now we've got five games to go, it's not working. It hasn't been working for the last few games. And we're, we're falling further down. You know, We've still got a chance because there's five games left in the league. So bizarre. We'll probably win some random game, maybe against Burnley, but do something proactive. If you know, change the manager might get that winning buzz. You get, you know, yeah. a positive start. Do different. It happened with Warnock, like you say, but we can't. We're just sitting there going, "Yeah, nothing's happening." Well, the big different. The big difference now is that it's now out of our hands, whereas before it was in our hands. Yeah. Now it isn't, and you know, it, it might be in two games from now. It might be back in our hands. We don't know because QPR are having a shocking run and, OK, they've got a, a draw today. But I think going back to the, the point that, that you made, Matthew, and Steve Koppel mentioned it as well, you know, about Burnley, the Burnley game, and, Johnny, you said about the record and all that sort of thing. Um, I, I think let's forget about the, the record for the moment. It's just about what can we do to stay up Um and I think if you look back to when Reading got promoted under Steve Coppel, if you look back to what Reading did under Brian McDermott when they got promoted to the Premier League, they didn't take their foot off. You know, they Burnley will want to win the league and they'll want to make sure of it. And, you know, I think that they will look at that Reading game. They, they won't underestimate, you know, they, they won't be, well, I don't think they'll be expecting a win. They know they've they've got a, you know, they've got to do things properly to uh, get the win. The worrying thing is, um, is you know, losing a game is one thing. But if it if it's like, you know, we had the 5-0 defeat, didn't we? And then we, we couldn't even get a point for a while. Um, going back at the start of that run, uh, beat Blackpool and then next game 5-0. And then, you know, we can't even score a goal. So I think... You know, at the very least, we need to make sure we don't suffer another four, five nil, because then we've got four games left and all the 
any tiny bit of confidence that is left. Um, I, I think, you know, we, we need to go into that game in a positive mindset, really. And, and Johnny, do you think the Burnley game, um, do you think we're kind of now expecting the defeat? Oh, the way things are going, yeah. But I think uh, you, you can look at it in a different way. You go into a, a, a game with a different different manager, a different way of playing it. Get the fans behind the team and go for it. Go, go, let the shackles off. Stop this negative rubbish that we're playing and, and try and go out and, you know, do something different. Play on the front foot. We said this loads of times recently. We are so passive and sitting there and hoping you're kind of going to get a point or sneak a goal. And like, you know, it's, it's horrible. You know, like we, we need to change the mindset from the manager down to the players, you know, let them, let them express themselves as young players, go out there and show us what you can do for the next four games. Like you said, earn about earning the contract, whether it's with us or elsewhere, go, go and show what you can do. Off you go. You know, and, and like, that's, Something we need to do. Otherwise, we're just sitting watching this same crap every week for the rest of the season and we just go down. So I've got a question for both of you now. You've both said that you think Reading need to make a change and they need to do it now. Um, you know, in other, any other stage of the season, if it's mid-season and, and you lose, you know, narrowly lose 2-1 two, two, away to Preston, who have still got a chance of getting in the playoffs... Um, at the end of the season, you go, okay, well, if we were a bit unlucky or, or whatever, but it's just that run of that last eight games, three points. Um, can I just ask you, and by the way, I, I'm agreeing with you now, because when that run started, that run of defeats, at the beginning of that, I was still feeling pretty confident that Reading would do what it takes to stay up, but obviously... You know, nowhere near the same now. I do think it's time for a change. I, I think we need that because, like Johnny says, we do seem to be sleepwalking towards relegation. That that's how it feels. Um, and I want to ask you both the question: that that's what you think should happen? Do you think it it will? You know, yes or yes or no, really, Johnny. What do you think? Um, if it hasn't happened now, I, I you know up to this point, what what's going to change it? You know. The way that the club's going, they seem to be happy with what he's doing. And that's great for them because Ince won't be here next season, but the fans will. Um, half the players won't. And, you know, we've been here before and, you know, it's our club. You know, and, and, you know it's, it's the people that support it that matter. Um, and I think, you know, we we're, we're deserve different. We deserve a new person coming in to give us some hope that we'll stay up. I don't have any hope with Ince that we're going to stay up. That's, to be honest. Matthew, coming to you, do you think there's any chance that um, there'll be a managerial change now? <laughs> I don't. Um, I'm, I'm just keeping half an eye on my Twitter notifications <laughs> as we're going because he's just done the post-match interview, which I keep seeing quoted as being astonishing with him throwing players under the bus, saying he's not Pep or Klopp, all that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking back over some of my old messages and back in October, I was saying there's a small part of me that says right this second is when we need to swap the manager. Um, I had a bit back in December, January. All of those bits there, it was almost slightly absurd, but we've, we've just gone exactly on that slide. Um, mm. I, I can't. And we've got, um, we've got an event taking place at um, Blue Collar 
um, corner taking place 26th I think it is mm -hmm. and uh, I, I'm really interested to hear what's said about <laughs> said about the <clears throat> manager and this season because whatever happens between now and then it's going to be just interesting to find out more yeah. um but no I, I i can't i can't see a change um i desperately would love there to be one i think i i reach a stage where i i just can't ins keep saying we're gonna just carry on doing what we're doing but doing what we're doing isn't working yeah and you look at you look at QPR. It's a terrible run, but they I think they came from two 0 down, didn't they, to get a draw? Mm, right, they did. Yep. They, you know, if you come f and and this time last year, don't forget um, Easter weekend, we came from what was it four one down to draw four all with Swansea, and, and we're not even we're not showing that sort of fight now, are we? We're not. And happening. <laughs> Well, who knows um, what happens to QPR? I mean, to go from 2-0 down to 2-all against West Brom, I know West Brom are not in the most incredible form right now, but that's going to bore you slightly, isn't it? And we've just had an injury time loser for us. So, Yeah, yeah and I, so here's an interesting theory to put to you. I, I know that, Johnny, you've said this before. If Reading do get relegated, you've expressed concern, and, and a lot of Reading fans will relate to this, that the owner's... Um, kind of say, well, that, that's enough because there, there's been, haven't they been in charge of one or two other clubs that have gone to the wall? Is that right? Yeah, yeah I think so. Sorry, yeah. and, and so, <laughs> talk a bit more on that. Yeah, so I'll come back to you on this yeah. one, Matthew. So one one theory is that if we go down, um, then I, I, I kind of almost think that we need new owners because it's just not working um I mean we've, we've had plenty of owners since John Medeski so it's not it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we'll be having new owners at some point in the next few years um I don't think that's going to happen but perhaps that's that's what it what it needs in a way um Matthew can't kind of talk to us about that side of things yeah, sure. So um, the owners have had uh, two other clubs. Um, the so Dai Yong owned Beijing Rainhe uh, out in China, and Dai Zuli owned um, Roselaire, which was in the second tier in Belgium. Um, <clears throat> the Belgian club there were some financial issues that were starting to appear. Um, from what I can see, it looks like Zuli actually um, sold off her shares to a Brazilian consortium. They lasted about another nine months and then got folded under, I think it was about 10,000 euro debt or something. It was a very small amount after um, after losing their license to play for a year. And then Beijing Rain, he suffered a double relegation. So he went from the top tier down to a third. Um, their license, in effect, got sold to, I'm going to butcher the name, but Heliongjiang Ice City. Um, along with, it looks like, a lot of their assets, and then Yong, in effect, left that club. So there were two clubs which our owners were involved in but no longer exist. Um, I'm not feeling as negative about the owners, actually, as many of our fans are. Um, from what I've seen, we have an owner who has put his money where his mouth is, um, continued through COVID, continues to do so now. Um, <clears throat> we have been, I'd say, naive with who we've trusted. So obviously the owner is a um, friend of Kia Drabchan. 
Um, we have had um, Ron Gourley come in, obviously, um, to pretty disastrous effect. It does look like the owner is relatively stable in what he is doing. Insofar as what he is asked to do, he will do when it comes to money. But it's been absolutely horrifically advised. Now, the question here is, we look like we're getting ourselves together off the pitch insofar as we've got Bowen now involved. Um, <clears throat> Bowen has been absolutely adamant that Keir Drabchan is no longer involved. And looking through our signings, the only one that could have any involvement at all potentially would be Baba Rahman, who uh, obviously from Chelsea, he did say was involved last year because um, Keir knows the um, lady that used to be as a chief exec at Chelsea. I know she's left, so who knows what the relationship was for that this season. Um, but also we've seemingly overhauled our um, scouting transfers department. So we've got Jared Bowen in and um, Brian Carey have also joined. So it looks like we're getting some decent things together off the pitch. And my hope would be on the back of this, similar to the open letter, which actually was was a really good letter from Bowen, saying this is what we're looking to do to be pragmatic in how we approach things going forward. Now, the question for us is, how does that work? if we find ourselves in League One. I mean, it's a question anyway and how it's going to work, but I'm less concerned on the owner stepping away based on the fact that it feels like we're trying to get ourselves in order. But then, you know, we're sticking with Vince at the moment when actually, is it financial? Um, is it actually they have faith in the manager? That's where I genuinely don't know. And I, it's it's kind of alarming either yeah. way. And I'll, I'll come back to you in a sec, but just, uh, uh, Johnny, but I'll, to say a couple of things so um th- this is kind of the the concerns for reading fans are, are sort of in two parts firstly the con- the immediate concern is we're in real danger of going into league one and then the next concern is a lot of fans are starting to think ahead to what if what if you know if we are in league one what's going to happen next and part of the issue with that is that we haven't got that many <laughs> players at the moment for next season, have we? I think it's only kind of, is it six or something that are committed to next season? Literally, not even a full 11. Some, something like that. I think I heard that. Um, but we're, we're talking about the rest of the season now, the chances of Reading staying up, and it's looking less likely now. I think before Easter, there was a little bit of optimism that we could do what it takes but now I think more fans are coming down to the reality of this could actually happen um let, let's look ahead to the next five games and Tom Holmes got injured didn't he today went off injured so we we don't know hopefully he'll be back um but we've we've got other players that that are out not available um Loom came back in didn't he um but but the Burnley game on Saturday and then you've got Luton at Reading have got Luton at home uh, on Wednesday the 19th. They're going for promotion away to Coventry on Saturday 22nd. And then the last two games, home to Wigan on Saturday the 29th, uh, away to Huddersfield on Monday the 8th of May. Um, So coming to you now, Johnny, the next five games, for Reading to have any chance of staying up, what do you think, how many points do you think we need from those five games? Uh, 
trying to be positive. I think <clears throat> five games on our form that we're on at the minute, you're kind of going, if you get two wins and a draw out of that, that'd be a miracle, to be honest. Um, so that leaves us, you know, five points ahead of QPR or something, you know, on, so QPR would only have been two. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, teams are going to have a bad run. You know, Wigan at home, again, is a, is a must-win game. Luton at home, you go, right, well, if we're up for it, that's another one. And, you know, the away form is what it is. You know, they might call one out of the bag, but I'm not convinced we might get a draw away in one of the games. But that, <clears throat> you know, it, it's, it's literally, you know, it depends who's in charge, to be honest. Yeah, probably okay. Paul Lintz from... Yeah, yeah, you know, so yeah. maybe zero points, the way things are going. Who knows, eh? Well, I'll come to you now, Matthew. If you look at those last five games, starting with Burnley on Saturday, finishing with Huddersfield on, on the 8th of May, yeah. uh, where, where do you think Reading can pick up any points from, from there? <sighs> where, where, you know, where, where do you... We, we've got to look at the Wigan game at home. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I mean, <clears throat> the Huddersfield, Huddersfield game on the last day of the season, the way that they're going, they might be safe by then, which might work in Reading's favour. But those last five games, where do you see us getting a win from from those? <laughs> so, um, see, I think we need five or six to stay up. Um, I mean, looking at, the, looking at the games we've got ahead, we've got Burnley, who, if they win tonight, um, then they need one more point to confirm promotion. So they could actually do that against us, um, which you think they'll probably still be at it at that point. No, they're so already, firmly already up already. I'm oh, sorry to confirm. Uh, sorry, not confirm promotion. I mean, confirm yeah. winning the league. Sorry. Um, so you'd think they may still, you know, they've still got something to aim for. Luton, I'm just hoping that they're far enough adrift from the top two, but secured in the playoffs. So they might take off the, off the breaks. Um, but again, that's clutching at straws. I could see us going through both of those again. Nothing. Coventry, similarly, they're just <clears throat> they're three points off the playoffs at the moment. That can change very quickly with any luck. They're far enough away, but they're on holiday as well. But I don't know. I could see us maybe scratching a point if we're lucky, but not convinced. Wigan, I mean, if we lose that, then, you know, all hope is gone. Uh, that's the one you have Might to look be already. at. Might be already by that stage. We could already be by then. But um, that's the one you think if we're going to get something from. And then Huddersfield. I mean, again, if they're safe. But Warnock would love sending us down. Yeah. Uh, I, I look at that and I go, I can see two or three points. And that's depressing when I think we need at least double that. Yeah. So, look, let, let's uh, let's summarise. Johnny, what, what do you think... Um, the next five games look like for Reading. Pretty bleak, I imagine, is probably a summary um, from talking to you and knowing, knowing your thoughts already. But um, the Burnley game on Saturday, it's a free here, isn't it? You know, let, let's just go out and, and 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 do our best, whatever that looks like. Um, if we if we lose the game, then that's one thing. But we we kind of need to avoid, you know, another five nil defeat, something like that, don't we all? Just do different. Yeah. Do different than what we're doing because it's not working. It hasn't worked for ages. So try something different, whatever that is. Start he's, the not young going to. he's not going to. He's going to start with Andy Carroll, isn't he? Well, that's, that's half the problem, you know. And, that, you know, it, it's become so predictable, you know. It's not working. And so, you know, that change today, Kelvin came on, scored. Great for his confidence. So give him, start him. 
starting next Saturday. Why not? Let the lad go. Let Aziz start. I read something already this evening after the game. He's about, he doesn't, you know, basically disease, he leaves gaps when he's on the pitch. I'm like, you really are running people down. How the hell do you expect them to perform for you? Young players especially, but you can't, you can't have a knock at your mate AC because he's Andy Carroll, but you're running young players down they are trying to make their way in the game. You know, it's just his mindset is just boggling, you know, and this is just where it doesn't make any sense with him. The other thing is that, uh, and I think this is a really valid point, that, um, you know, we're we're starting with Andy Carroll. We're hoofing balls up to him. It's it's a bit like watching Reading back in the mid eighties. Although they, you know, that that team had energy and we're better at it. Focus, <laughs> yeah, and they they were good at that. You know, we had Trevor Cena up front, and and it was yes, it was direct sometimes, but it was effective, and and we it was within a, a, a system. But you know, the the midfield. Like the like you said, they don't look like they've met before. Let alone met down the pub the night before. It doesn't look like they they know what to do. They seem confused. And I think you know if you look back to the one hundred and six team, the following season they had momentum and and finished eighth. And then um, the other teams worked out how to play against Red in the following season, and they went down. So. They so those other teams that the, the five teams they know how Reading play already. So if Reading are predictable in the next five games and they play the same way, they're making it easy for the opposition because let's face it, Reading are not as good as Burnley, Reading are not as good as Luton. So Luton, Burnley, and Luton they know how Reading play, but if you change it, then Burnley and Luton don't know how Reading play in that different system or those different players because they they haven't seen them. But I think if you just go in and, like you said, Johnny, if you play against Burnley the same way, probably we'll, we'll lose that game. If you play against Luton in the same way, you know, it's, it's home. We've got more chance of getting something from the Luton game, of course, you would think. But um, I, I agree with you. You need to do something different to at least make it less predictable. I, th- I think, um, you know, we, we need to... Yes, it's a free hit against Burnley, but we've, we've got to do something different, whether it's change the manager, change the players. We've got to do something because if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same results. But it's not working. Because it's, it's clearly not working. not working and hasn't been working. Really but he still doesn't say games. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, Matthew, let's um, let's come back to you now, and, and you're on the board at Star, yeah, Porters Trust at Reading, um, and you know Star write letters to the club about you know their opinion of of what they think and, and that sort of thing. What's the? You've got your own opinions. Johnny's got his opinions. Um, what's the mood of? you know, the people that you speak to at Star and the other fans that you think to, that, you, that you speak to, what, what do they think? Because obviously some fans are in favour of Paul in staying. He's done a good job. It's been really difficult, all, all of that stuff. Um, you know, a lot of fans think think differently. What, what's, the, what's the mood, do you think, among yeah, most well, No, of course. I mean, in our role, we, we have to um, keep an eye on the sentiment that is going on around 
um, we've seen very clearly the, that there is an overriding at the moment view of the tide has probably turned on the manager. Um, in parallel, we have, as I say, five massive games ahead. And regardless of what the club do, it's obviously up to the club um, to do what they wish. Um, we can only continue to amplify what the fans are saying. Um, but in the meantime, we we do, as the fans, just we have to continue to try to be behind the players. It's very divisive and very difficult to try to separate the team, regime, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, you know, we're here. We know we continue to have dialogue. I mean, we don't generally get involved in the day-to-day decisions. For us, it's about the strategic long-term. It is about the future of the club. Um, We are having conversations, as we always do, about what the current sentiment is, what fans are looking to do, where we sit on that, and whether we can actually help amplify. Um, But yes, we we, we hear exactly what's going on. We, We feel the same thing. I mean, you know, Johnny and I, been fans for a very long time um we have our own different ways i mean i'm living in london so i'm not a season ticket holder um we have fans on the board who are season ticket holders we have some exiles like johnny's out in ireland and we've got uh, one who's out in america as well but each of us bring a different perspective to it and yeah we're very much there we we hear it um we have our own personal views as a supporters trust we're very much there of how can we keep raising this is what the fan sentiment is, but predominantly our focus has to be what is medium to long term. Now it's a short term thing that impacts the long term, but we, we yeah we we just have to hope that we can continue getting behind the club, that fans will um, rally on that front, and that the team do the work on the pitch. And whether it's Paul or whether it's someone else, we just need to hope that things don't go toxic and we can get across the line. Well, you've used that word hope, I think, uh, at least a couple of times mm. in that section there. I hope it kills you. <laughs> uh, that hope is, is dwindling a bit now, isn't it? And yeah. look, I, I want to finish off by um, asking you both about, um, you know, where Reading are with the other clubs. So we, we think Blackpool and Wigan, they're obviously the favourites because Blackpool are... Um, what, six points behind Reading. So a, a team in the bottom two that keeps losing is not going to make up... Well, they have to make up seven points to, to have any any hope of staying up, really. Um, so we think Blackpool and, and Wigan are probably um, condemned to relegation. And then it's between Rotherham, Huddersfield, QPR, Cardiff and, and Reading. So between those those five teams, obviously Huddersfield, you know, being reinvigorated under Neil Warner. Rotherham are, you know, four points above relegation. The other thing with Rotherham is they've got a game in hand. Cardiff have got a game in hand as well, although the game in hand at the bottom each other. doesn't count for so much because at the top of the table, you win and draw games. At the bottom of the table, you tend to sort of draw and lose games. So the, the game in hand could be a defeat to, to see what I mean. So look, um, just, just one of them will pick up points because they're playing it. each other. Yeah. Um, so QPR on a on a bad run. Let, let's look at um, Huddersfield, QPR, Cardiff, and Reading out of out of those teams because Rotherham are sort of at, at the top there and they've got that that game in hand. So out of the the other four teams, Huddersfield, QPR, Cardiff, and Reading, 
given the form and all that sort of thing. I'll ask you this first, Johnny. Um, first of all, which, you know, if you could choose to be in any of those positions, the last place you'd want to be is where Reading are now. Not 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 just the, the points that we've got, we're in the relegation zone, but the form as well. And, and you know, I mean, which, which of those teams in the um, relegation fight do you think are in most danger of going down? I don't like, yeah, we, you know, we are where we are, but if you change the mindset, change the mentality, change the way you do things, we've got a chance. That's where we're at. Like, you know, none of us are good type teams because we wouldn't be where we are if we were. So, you know, it is, it's a mini league, like we said before. So you've got a team, you know, two points ahead of you, three points ahead of you. You want to track them, you want to chase them down. You know, you want to go out there and put in performances like Huddersfield have done. They've gone on this run where, like, yeah, you know, they've done it with the same players. We've got, yes, we've got injury, this, whatever, but there's still some talent. You've still got players that you could go out and get a result if you set them up right, if you have the right mentality. If you believe in the younger players, go and let them play. Go and express yourselves. We've got nothing to lose at this point of the season. Everyone, I think most people think we're going to go down. So let's just go for it. You know, and I think the fans would go, yeah, we're seeing different on the pitch. We're seeing a young players given a chance to go and express themselves rather than the same tired old, here we go, same, 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 where it's pod football, it's 80s hoof football, whatever you want to call it. It's not enjoyable. Um, you know, but at least we go, we, this would try, we try different and people will believe in that. Well, you look at, look at what Sean Dyche, I think, said um, when he took over at Everton. He said the minimum requirement is maximum effort. And and there's I, I do hear talk of the Reading players are trying, but um, yes, we've got an issue with quality. We we haven't got the the players that Burnley, Sheffield United, you know, even teams like Luton have got. But it just looks very lethargic, doesn't it? It's just not good to watch. Um, and I think you know if we're saying we need a, we need something to change, if Paul Lynch stays until the end of the season. I honestly can't see anything changing. So therefore, we're going to carry on as we, we have been. Um, and, and look, it's possible we could win the, uh, sorry, lose the next two games. I mean, nobody's going to be surprised if we lose to Burnley. Luton are going for promotion. Um, and then that leaves us with three games, possibly, you know, even further adrift. And then the last three games, we play the same way and we end up going down. So... You know, coming to you now, Matthew, of those teams in the relegation zone. So let's, you know, start from Huddersfield downwards. Huddersfield 43 points, QPR 43, Cardiff 42 and Reading 41. Um, is it looking like Reading are most likely of those four to go down? <clears throat> um, my head and my heart are in two different places on this. <laughs> my head keeps saying, I think we're down. Um, however, we do have the ability. Um, we're not a fantastic team, but take us back to the Blackburn game. You know, if we have players who are putting everything on the line, that pressing from the front, the tenacity that we had in that, we can do it. If you can get back into that mindset, we can get the odd game, the odd point here and there. I mean, Burnley, 
actually, we should have beaten Burnley yeah. when we played them earlier in the season. Um, there's a part of me that in my heart says we actually do have the talent. And QPR, I mean, their form has been absolutely abysmal. Um, yeah, they've got a point today. I'm really hoping that doesn't galvanise them. And frankly, I keep forgetting Cardiff. They've just quietly been there and thereabouts for the whole season. Um the one thing that I think we do have, which is in our our favour to an extent, is the goal difference with QPR. I mean, we are talking about a point or a couple of points, unless we've got ourselves cut adrift. But potentially, there could be a point or even just goal difference in this. And if it comes down to it, that's worth a point over QPR. Um, unfortunately, it's not over Cardiff. Huddersfield, I think, have got enough about them to, to get out of this. I mean... We all saw it coming the second the Warnock got appointed. Rotherham, I'd say, are probably far enough by now. Um, I'm just really hoping that they beat Cardiff. And I never thought I'd be never thought I'd be saying that. That's yeah, I mean it's two, two points between Huddersfield, QPR, Cardiff and Reading, and, and we kind of I think we're in agreement that Huddersfield look like they've got enough about them to stay up. Rotherham are, you know, a couple of points further ahead. So could come down to QPR, Cardiff and, and Reading. Two points. Um, between them and, and Huddersfield, you know, two points ahead of Reading at the moment. Cardiff have got that game in hand. Obviously, it doesn't count for so much. Um, I just want to talk now, moving forward, let, let's say, you know, the worst thing happens and, and we do get relegated. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that's what we should hope for, but if you look back in Reading's history, you know, go back to that Jamie Curitan goal at, at Brentford. If we do go down, it's kind of a reset. It might take us a while to to come back, um, but I know I know things are different these days. But sometimes, you know, it will feel like a disaster if we go down. But it's I don't I, I kind of agree with you that it's not the end of the world. It's not. I don't think Reading will go out of business if we get relegated, like some people think we might. Um, I think that would be a, a chance to have a, a reset, um, whether that's with the current owners or, or other owners. But it is for the next five games. The focus has got to be on let's give it everything. The worry, the worry there is if Paul Ince stays to the end of the season, it's just going to be more of the same. And more of the same is likely to mean that Reading get relegated. Um, so I'm going to leave the the final word to to both of you, and then we'll we'll wrap up. Um, Johnny, what what are your thoughts now moving forward? Do you do you kind of feel like the inevitable is that if Paul Ince stays, we're going down, or what? What you think? I just think we need to we just need to get next game, and we need to go right. This is it now. This is basically shit or bust. So you know, we can talk about League One and next season and what's happening over the summer, but we've got a chance not to. We've got a chance to stay up. So, you know, we, we can do this. We've got five games. We can, we can, any game's winnable in the championship because it's the most bonkers league in, in the world. So, like, let's, let's do something different. Let's go out there and, and, and give it a go for five games. If we, if we still get relegated, at least fans will go, yeah, we, we had a go there for the last five games. I don't think anyone at the minute is going, yeah, we're really giving this a go. We haven't been giving it a go for, the, you know, however many games. It's just negative, sit back, defend hope for the best. And we've got, like Matt was saying, we've got better players than that. We've got some good players. 
but they need to be believed in and need to be given to trust and the opportunity to express themselves. And they look scared. They look frightened. So change it as of now. Simple. Yeah. Um, going to leave the final word to you, Matthew. Looking at the five games ahead for, for Reading and the other teams in, in the relegation scrap, um, do you think that, that Reading are the most likely of those sort of four or five teams to, to get relegated now? I think it's between us, Cardiff and QPR. Anything could happen. Um, it Probably because I'm just you know, so attached to Reading, it feels maybe worse. I mean, if you look on the Cardiff forum, you look on the QPR forums, they're all resigned to relegation as well. Um, I, yeah, I, I feel like we're probably the most vulnerable. Um, as Johnny says, you know, I feel like we need to try to make our own luck. And at the moment, we're just trying to do the same thing over and over. We've got a big reset ahead of us this summer, whatever happens. If we do it in a championship, it's quite exciting. If we do it in League One, it's quite terrifying. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, that, that's it. We've we've spoken for a long time about um, Reading's current plight. Johnny, it wasn't the shortest ever episode, despite your suggestion. <laughs> uh, but look, that, that's it. Thank you to my co-host, Johnny Hunt. Thank you to Matthew Batten for joining us as our special guest. And just a reminder that our next episode is on Wednesday evening when we'd be looking back at the Mark McGee era at Reading in the 90s. And then on Friday's episode, we'll be having a bit of a look ahead to the the Burnley game, covering off what we've already been talking about a little bit on this episode. And Johnny and I will be completing our countdown of our top 25 favourite Reading players. So that's on Friday um, and next episode is on Wednesday evening, looking back at the Mark McGee um, era at Reading in the 90s. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.